You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey guys, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. I am excited to have you guys back for the next section we're going to do in Proverbs. So we've kind of done a little bit of the basis of Proverbs on the fear of the Lord and just kind of a general understanding of Proverbs. And then we went to works and words and all the things that the Proverbs has to say about those things, which I think has been, there's just so much in there. And today, guys, I get to have Debbie Metter join us. So Debbie... Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited for you guys to just be a part of this conversation with Debbie and I. She's kind of my parenting expert in a way. I We just have a, a lot of history in this and I look to her for so many things. So I'm excited for you guys to join us on this. So Debbie, I'll have you start by saying your story and who you are and all of that. And then we'll go from there. My name's Debbie Metter. I am married to Pastor Brett. We have three beautiful, amazing gifts from the Lord, Brooke, Joey, who is married to Kenzie, and Casey. Our story, Brett and I, I just think that God can do amazing miracles, and He can bring polar opposites and completely different stories and bring us together. And Brett's been a man who has such a rich heritage with the Lord. I am one who was saved out of a lot, and I think parenting took more faith than I would have ever imagined. Right. So without Brett as my husband, it wouldn't have been doable for me. People think, oh, you're married to the pastor. It's always easy, right? Yeah, la, 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 la. No, no, no. I don't have a Cinderella background as far as he, – he is my handsome prince. And the Cinderella part that's true is you can come from something that's kind of ashes, and God can save you out of mm-hmm. that. And for me, Brett was brought into my life to – further what God had started Mm -hmm. as a teenager when I accepted the Lord. So that's my story. And being his wife has been in some ways exactly what I had imagined as a teenager that was realizing in the book of Genesis, wow, God has a plan. And I think I'd rather choose that plan because the plan I've been seeing happening is just wrecking families and wrecking homes. And so to realize now after it'll be 34 years this summer that we've been married and we dated for about three years. So 37 years of being together and I liked him for a year. So 38, (laughs) let's just round it up to 40 years. There you go. It sounds fun. It's just really sweet that the Lord has had not just kind of something that he wanted to do, but uh, something way beyond what I could have ever thought. I just give credit to the Lord and his parents for just consistently driving in the word. Mm -hmm. And it's sweet that you chose Proverbs because Brett's dad would get him up in the morning and make breakfast. There was a season where they went through Proverbs every morning. As we do the math there and we go, okay, well, I first met you guys like 20 years ago before kids and all that kind of stuff. And But in my mind, always just getting to view you always getting to view you as really like the very practical side of a biblical model of what mom and parenting and discipline would look like. Back in the early days, so many of you guys, maybe you guys were able to join, Debbie leads a mom time study that she just wrote a beautiful book that went goes with it. But back in the day, that wasn't a that wasn't a book. That wasn't anything. It was like this small group of gals that Debbie would kind of we'd all meet at random houses, actually. I yeah. think we jumped around yeah. a lot. And here I am as this like brand new mom with a child at the time that just cried like all the time. And getting to sit with 
women that were just like looking at Proverbs and looking at things that are very, <laughs> but also telling me also what to do in Target when they freak out and yeah. what you're supposed to do in those situations and stuff. And so when I say that there are so many practical things Debbie, that you have imparted to me that I am so thankful for, but you allowed yourself to be used. And I think the Lord used you so much because there's many of us right now that are 20 years later that have kiddos that are kind of a product of yours and then Brett's like faithful teaching on discipline. Uh, I just I just love that. So I, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of that background because if maybe you're just joining us and you're like, wow, mom time's like this big study and this is how it's always, it isn't. But the thing is, is also to maybe encourage people to be able to plug in in any small way mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be something big, but if you can be like encouraging other moms in wisdom of yeah. biblically leading their kids. Literally how that all even started. I remember, I think that um, Brooke had started junior high. Mm. So it was at a place where the kids were clearly out of the transition of all that constant change that toddler time and preschool time happens where literally sometimes every two weeks you're changing your strategy because, oh my word, this person grew and this person this and, you know, now they have, they're getting a tooth or whatever. And all that stuff was like going out like the tide. It Mm -hmm. just goes out. They were grown and they were all in school. And I was just praying saying, Lord, what is next? Is there something that I can do to help moms, which that maybe sounds unbelievable to some moms who right now have kids in junior high and maybe their kids are going crazy. So that's, I just want to take that kind of mom and set her to the side for a second for those young moms who right now are looking at the world going nuts mm-hmm. and they don't know what's going to happen in 12 years. Right, right. It was that mom that I was wanting to target because I saw in my life chains break from patterns of behavior from my family that was strictly because I had chosen to believe God's word and his role in my life as a wife trust Brett's covering as the father looked to him mm-hmm. for the strength and wisdom he would speak into me of what what I needed to do to gird up the kids and then obviously really rely on him when things weren't going super great or if I had to get things squared away with the kids just in terms of discipline behavioral strategies all that so that really helped mine and Brett's relationship grow so so much mm-hmm. the fruit is in our children they started school and I would have teachers thinking me we can tell you worked with your kids Mm -hmm. for these past six years. Thank you for everything you did because I don't have to worry about them. I have 22 other kids I have to tune into or whatever. And the handful of kids that they had who were really obedient and would listen and pay attention, not perfect, but understood authority. That helped that teacher so much. So as I started seeing fruit really start growing and then more and more fruit, in my own children as they were a part of the public school system, Mm -hmm. which nowadays, I'm not saying I would put them in private school or public or homeschool. Everyone has to decide that on their own. But for us, it was at that time public school. And we were on board and had great communication with the teacher, the principal, all that stuff. So we didn't have the hindrances that a lot of people are facing right now. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, when my kids were in school and it was clear that they were being an influence for good and our family was being an influencer right. mm-hmm. in these areas that were appreciated by teachers. I come from a family of teachers, so that's on my heart a mm-hmm. lot to do whatever I can to make that teacher's life better. Right. 
because I saw what my mom went through and my dad was a teacher and stepmom and just so many people are teachers in my family. Of course, Brett got his certificate in teaching and he saw the nightmares of classrooms as well, you know, and yet I, I would see him with 800 kids at Applegate on Sunday, everyone under control. And it was just Brett and Tad, maybe another female aide in the room. But it was incredible to watch what a person who can exercise authority in a loving way, how much security that gives, and no matter how big the group is, Mm -hmm. because I watched it happen year Mm -hmm. by year Mm -hmm. with Brett. So it was just, it's been incredible to watch how God took Brett's knowledge, what his parents showed him, how Brett was implementing that. And then when we did have kids, it was like I had an in-house specialist with Mm me. I, I literally yeah. did. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Not everybody's going to feel like they have an in-house specialist. Remember, they're, they're not it or whatever. But the great thing is the bedrock of what all that was, was the word, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And we, it, yeah. is, it is tricky. This is We talk about this all the time on sometimes the word says things that you might go, mm, not so sure I like about that. We're going to read a couple of verses in Proverbs here in a second that people are going to like, yeah, our culture is not down with that. Right. But that's the first hurdle we got to get across. This word is true or it is not. You're yeah. going to take it or you're going to leave it. But you, there's no middle ground and you can't, yeah. you know, pick and choose what you want. That's a huge thing. And don't you think looking back on those years from then clear till now, one of the things I stress is you are not to be an imitator of this culture, right? The Bible says be an imitator of Christ. Yeah. And so while we do that, we're challenged yeah. to live that out in front of our kids. Yeah. And our kids are challenged to learn what that looks like in school. And yep. it does not mean it's going to be easy for them. Yeah. It's cool that we're going to break it down in so, Proverbs. Yeah. We'll hit on, first of all, probably the most controversial right now that nobody likes. But there are several verses, and you would just have to not be reading your Bible to miss them, to see the ones that specifically talk about disciplining mm-hmm. your kids. And it even is practical in the way in which you, yeah. you discipline your kids. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, spare the rod, hate the child. That is a strong word there. Mm-hmm. And our world is like, oh, no, we, we can't do that. That that's, doesn't feel right. Yeah. I want to give people the opportunity to know, and I think you're going to put the link on the show notes, but there are so many teachings that yes. Brett has done going through Proverbs specific to raising your children. And so if it seems overwhelming and if it seems as though it's not doable for your home, I would say... Please re-examine that and ask yourself if that is a discouragement that maybe is coming from the pit itself. Right. Or if it's something for you to actually say, no, I need to rise up and and ask this. Mm -hmm. Why not ask God Mm -hmm. to do more than you could ask Mm -hmm. in the lives of your children? Mm -hmm. Why not ask God? Because he gives us his word. He gives that wisdom to us. And for those who are married, he's given you your husband. And for those who are not you have access to so many teachings. And in the library of Athey Creek, it is endless. So you don't have to be married to Pastor Brett now. It's like, wait, all these things are online. You can get this stuff and mm-hmm. hear the teachings. And and then just know that I'm a character witness. Like <laughs> he does what he says and he means what he says and he lives it. And so you can listen and and be encouraged and be strengthened because I think that's the thing that I love so much about Brett. And I know we're kind of bunny trailing here, but He is a man who does not goof around with drama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that is super important as it relates to being a dad and helping the wives Mm -hmm. because it's no nonsense. Every time, I can't even tell you how many times he would say, 
It's all math, hun. It's yeah. all math. It's all math. And how much we need to listen to that too. Because right. sometimes, gals, we wanna we kinda wanna take the lead in that yeah. a little bit and like, well, no, but we understand and we we understand their feelings and we all this stuff. I'm telling you, if you're if you're married and your husband is telling you to pay attention to something in regards to anything, but specifically in this vein of discipline, like you were just saying, it's math. Chris used to tell me, Amy, you gotta win. You have to win. Yeah, if you take a battle, you gotta win. Yeah, it. if mm-hmm. you're gonna if you're gonna take that battle, you've got to win. I have yep. three sons, so it was very much they they will want to take you on, which is honestly something that it's a God given it is way in which they're wired, which I am all about encouraging, yep. but not when you're gonna fight this, right? Like you're like I'm really glad you're super excited about going out and hunting and gathering someday, but. Yeah. You know, I'm your mom. Exactly. Exactly. Fifth commandment sticks forever. Exactly. But moms, you're going to need that pep talk of saying, this is math. This plus this equals this. And take the emotion out of it because the the hope that is in discipline, like Proverbs 19, 18 says, there is hope in discipline. It's huge. It is so good to just recognize the goodness behind discipline. And that's one of the things I tried to do with my kids early on was because I struggled with this as a kid. I think it's really good that we talk about discipline and teach our kids to embrace it. Mm -hmm. I was not raised with the wisdom mentality that God gives us. Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised to consider that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised to consider, well, what's God's perspective on this? Right. And that's not to say that my mom didn't have discipline in our home. It just was not laid out in a way Mm-hmm. You just plain old did what my mom said, right? Because right. you just didn't want to hear your middle name because <laughs> it would was make the hair on your back stand or whatever. It's just a different thing. So it, it was funny. I think my parents even were sort of victims of the 50s education, which goes back even into decades earlier. Mm-hmm. But that whole mindset, a humanist ma- mindset of saying that, oh, you know, children are born basically good, which is just so counter to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And my parents went to a Christian university. So they were not being taught really from a godly worldview. Yeah. You got to identify that one right off the top. That oh is just goodness. a lie of the enemy. That was one of the yeah. first things that I really had to recognize was I am not basically good. So right. basically everything I've been told was premised on a lie. So coming to Jesus and having to say, okay, what actually is the truth? I know you value me. You love me. So getting all that other whatever stuff just out of the way and understanding what God actually says about me mm-hmm. and then from there building out. Mm-hmm. So in order to be able to carry out discipline, I had to get that part squared away. Mm-hmm. So that's why we deal with that in mom time in just the first few weeks when we do the, the sessions. Mm-hmm. It's all about understanding how we've been created and how the design is, mm-hmm. how we've been deceived in that design and our nature. We need to look out for that. It's very easy as a mom to get suckered into thinking that, um, oh, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. So I have to not do that for them. Yeah. And that is going to end in ruin. What we tried to do was just try to get my kids, Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> so we have a lot of stupid right now, I think, in our society, yes. largely because we have not taught our society how to receive correction. Yeah. And discipline has been thrown out the window and it's no longer looked at as a virtue, really. It is in certain contexts. You don't succeed in sports unless you have discipline. 
Mm-hmm. And then look how much we've elevated that though. I think sure. that we've given yeah, that a true. platform and then the enemy goes in there and says, oh, well, let's twist that too. So it's just the nature, you know, of entropy, the law of entropy that, you know, things that start out great, just get messed up. So it's fine. Just let that go to the side and just realize, okay, but still mm-hmm. our goal, Proverbs 12, one is to love discipline. And if I don't want to have knowledge, especially the wisdom and the fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm out the window. I'm a fool. The Bible talks about that. We're just stupid. <laughs> and we can model discipline to our kids too. That it, it, because at any age we are to love discipline. Like that that is something no. that is there. We're talking about a little bit different kind. Obviously, when you're you yeah. know 35 than when you're eight. But there's discipline there, and there's so much. I think if you have been a parent and you have raised your kids, hopefully you are seeing this hope in the discipline. Yeah. I think I realized this when I was thinking about the discipline of just basic obedience, mm-hmm. teaching kids to obey. When I sat with a Debbie 18 years ago and we talked about what it looks like to obey mom. And it isn't actually after don't let me say this again or the second time or whatever. Like no, <gasps> but like we talked about teaching first-time obedience. And at the time, as a parent, you're going, oh, well, I don't mind being inconvenienced if I have to say it again or whatever. But what you don't realize is that you are, in fact, teaching your child to obey the Lord. You know, if they can learn to obey you, then how much easier for them to receive the discipline and and be able to obey the Lord later in their life. There's so many things in Proverbs that have to do with that. So just this morning, um, Proverbs, um, if you start with the calendar and go Proverbs one, two, three, four, five, you yep. have 31 days. Yes. And then, so you get through and there's, there's some months that you're not going to get Proverbs 31, but by and large, yep, by and large, you're going to get some pretty good instruction every day if you just go through Proverbs. So there's been times when I have stuck to that and more when my kids were younger mm-hmm. than now, but you know, when you need Proverbs, when you have gone through your list of things that you think, oh, I've tried everything, now what? You know, mm-hmm. And then you read a proverb for that day even. So many times the Lord speaks through even that day. So if it's March 8th or 9th or you know, whenever this is viewing, whatever day the person's listening, read a proverb today for the date calendar that it matches. Yep. And I challenge you to not hear from the Lord. Yeah. Just today in Proverbs 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So as our kids were going in school, going through school, you just think, a lot of times in school, you think, my kids are going to go to school and they're going to become knowledgeable. Mm. But if you're a Christian with any kind of radar at all and you're in public school, you're going to quickly see, wow, none of this is built on God. A lot of this is actually could be destructive. So that's a whole other topic that we'll have. But at home, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the Lord imparting wisdom into your kids by you teaching them about the respect and awesomeness of God is one of those foundational elements that helps them to be appreciative of actual true mm-hmm. knowledge. And that is knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so awesome in terms of God's blessing, I realized it when my kids were probably earlier elementary age, and they had been plugged in at Athey. As the kids were going through the youth program, I realized that we were trying to pour in at home, but Brett wasn't home every night. He was meeting with people and doing counseling Mm -hmm. sessions, and he would be up super early, gone and going to those meetings. And there would be sometimes days where he would say, wow, I have not seen the kids in three days. So 
it, that wasn't all the time, but there was a season there where, and you can tell when there's growth spurts and yep. it's like that. And so sometimes he and I would go and be meeting with couples, but then there would also be these other ebbs and flows where it would be, hey, honey, let's sit down and not have you have, you know, evening appointments for a while. Or I think I can't do a couple nights a week with you. I think I should only be home with the kids as much as possible. And then as things got busier in the schools and I started volunteering more, there were a couple of nights, two or three a month where I needed to be in school activities that were Mm -hmm. parental things. That was huge because that was helping me stay connected to what they were learning. Yeah. So by and large, all of that stuff, it's like this whole unit for our family that really went together. Our kids were learning so much at Athey that the word of God was just being pointed to them. They were learning how to discern and they were getting knowledge because Mm -hmm. they were learning about the Holy One. And that paid off so much for them Mm. in school because when something was wrong, and I don't mean them judging kids, but I mean if something was coming to them that was wrong, because our kids are not going to be completely sheltered. Right. They will have choices to make. Um, but much they'll like, know in that moment. They know? will know. They will know. Like Joseph, when he shimmied off you know, his robe to get away from the little chick. So that is our kids. Our kids are going to know. And our kids are going to be more prone to have conversations with us. One thing Proverbs does wonderfully Parents are always like, oh, how do I approach the topic of um, sex ed? And just read through the Proverbs. You can uh, read through the the chapters on the adulterous woman do not leave much to be, uh, they don't leave much out. (laughs) And not only that, but like death is involved, you know, like the woman who her husband's away and, you know, there's some shenanigans going on there and there's the murder at the end of it. And it's just interesting when you go through the word with your kids, conversations will come up, things, especially in that topic that are very natural, that help kids to understand, wow, this kind of hype that's out there is needing to be diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And God's word can help them with that because they can see these people who they have lived with all their life in a sense, like David, for instance, and he was promiscuous and his body suffered for it. Right. And things did not work out well in, in his interpersonal life. You know, like those are such great visual aids that we can give our kids all the way through at every stage. But in those younger, earlier ages, yeah, obedience, you and your walk with the Lord is what's gonna give you the strength to be able to say, okay, so Lord, you're you're telling me right now, it is, let's say it's July 1st, I'm gonna go to Proverbs number one. What does it say? Well, it says here, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And then it goes on again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That is the foundation. So that would be for me a cue to pray for my kids that they would wanna receive wisdom and that we as a family would be strengthened to understand how much goodness God has to deliver us mm-hmm. in walking a life that's not going to look like yeah. everyone else's life and to be okay with that. So a lot of times, a couple decades ago when the church was earlier, people wouldn't really see me in things so much. I mean, I did baby nursery and stuff like that, but I didn't head up things because I was like, heads down, this is full court press. Right. This is nothing else that matters except for this. And Brett freed me up to do that. He encouraged me to do that. Mm -hmm. There were seasons where I just was really head down. 
Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Because it took that much energy to be on top of every single little thing because everything was a learning moment. Mm -hmm. Parents out there that are in the learning stage of their kids, you know, when your kids burst out with like 20 new different words in just a couple of weeks or months, you see this development. How much more radical is it Mm -hmm. if you're taking them and helping curb behavior at the same time and help point out to them, oh, do we choose this or do we choose this? Why do we choose this? Why do we choose this? Mm -hmm. And all that, however many kids you have, some up to, I think the biggest family I know has nine kids. So that is hundreds of interactions a day. So it's no wonder you're not going to see some of these moms a lot. You know, right. Some of the moms that are doing the hardest work mm-hmm. cannot be seen because they're the hardest thing they're going to do right now is going to last for about 18 more years. Yeah. Yeah. But how important that role is. I mean, and I know we say that a ton here at Athey that we talk about that it is just a high calling that to be able to instruct your kids. And when they're young like this, it's just that when you're feeling like you're disciplining like all the time and it's that really rough season, but that's like the training ground really. Cause at that age, that is what obedience looks like. If you touch this, mm-hmm. this will happen while it seems like elementary, but then fast forward that to when they're teenagers and totally. they're driving. And I, I've told some people before. So when my kids got their driver's license, Chris like walks them through a six page contract. Yes. Right. I love that. We are that parent. <laughs> But he's very clear about like, here's what the expectations are. Here's what your responsibility is in a financial sense. Here's what, you know, your curfew is and all this stuff. And I remember I had a really a, a sweet friend, but she said, yeah, if I gave that to my kids, they would just not do that. Right. And I was like, huh? No, that's yeah, not that how it does goes. not occur to my kids to not <laughs> do that. But I think it comes from these early, early days where you start talking about obedience. Obedience and is not optional. Yeah, obedience. It's it's just a thing. And if you yeah. make it really, really simple, yeah. and yeah. it has to be done, like it's not yeah. it's not negotiable when they're oh, yeah. younger. As they get older, when you do have a thirteen or fourteen year old, then if they're like, oh, well, it doesn't occur to me to not do that. Well, they have to be familiar with the phrase, we must obey. Yeah. And those yeah. are just three little words. And you can learn that yep. as a tiny one, you know, and it doesn't have to be, we must obey. Right. It, you're holding, you're cuddling, you're rocking, and you're saying, we must obey mommy. Yeah. yeah. We must obey daddy. Well, and talk about too, because I know you guys have, both you and Brett have talked about that you always want to give kids the why. I'm a really root cause person. But yeah. Okay. I mean, I, that's pretty much how I do everything in my life. I mean, I naturally sort of want to stay away from the quick fix. Sure. And to me, a quick fix is no, because I said no. Right. You right. know, that's a quick fix. And it, it, the problem is, is it empties out fast. It only has so much staying power. And then no means no doesn't mean no anymore. It right. means negotiate. <laughs> right. Or it means all of these other things, or it means I'm going to blow you off or whatever. And it just makes sense to me to be able to teach kids, which you can do at any course in their life. But let's just start with a toddler age. Even potty training is an example of giving them reasons why. When they start that potty training and they're in diapers and it's really easy for them to, it's easy for you too, mm-hmm. frankly, as the mom to just go wherever and it's just diapers and, you know, so then when you realize, yeah, I think that it's time. I think it's time. There is so much that goes into that thought process of teaching a child about potty training. Mm-hmm. So there's a million different ways to do it, right? There's just a million ways. That's where you as the parent, you have to figure out what motivates my child. Because for some parents, really an M&M 
is the trick. Boom. One day they've got their kids down. Oh, Eminem, bing, you know, flesh or whatever. For other kids, who cares about Eminem? They do right. not care. Maybe they are just, it, everyone's wired differently. But I feel like that is one of those examples where no matter what, there's still a really good, we do this because of this. Because the beauty of potty training that everyone out there that knows is when your kids get that it's clicked with them and when they get, oh, I don't have to be changed anymore. I have some freedom. Mm -hmm. I actually can go to the bathroom and I can be on my own and do this and I'm free. That helps them in that process of that training. Mm -hmm. So it's so fundamental, but it's because everybody has to go through potty training that I bring up this point. Freedom and obedience are 100% connected. Mm, that's so, so true. When their yeah. physiological body is working and they see that their action has produced a yep. reaction yep. and it's given them freedom, that's just one tiny little snippet. But it it ties in like that on everything else. Time and time again, we would tell our kids, you know, and just really encourage them, for instance, homework. If you do your homework, then you will get all of this freedom. Right. And they loved that and that was natural for them. Proverbs helps with some of those tricky things that are a little bit hard to explain. Proverbs 11 talks about the Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights are his delight. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Those are just four things, boom, 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 just right out the gate. When your kids see things that are unjust and they are uncomfortable with that, you have a something to call it with in Proverbs. You can say, yeah, look, the Lord doesn't like it either. There's a reason why our society is based on law. And look, it's because accuracy is something that God delights in. That is not something that's really readily taught in school, especially right mm -hmm. now. Everything's really agenda-driven and yeah. very, very subjective. And it's teaching our kids actually the opposite. It's getting things more out of balance. Yes. But this is where the word comes in and settles all of that. And, and then verse two, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. I mean, when you see your kids being prideful, it's not an if, it's when. Mm -hmm. When they are being prideful, same with me, same with Brett, same with everybody. You mm -hmm. know, we all have, this is a fundamental thing that God says he hates, pride. You've talked about that. Disgrace follows that. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the heart of compassion comes with your kids. You can sit down and talk with them and say, we need to work on pridefulness because God hates it, but also he hates it because it's going to give you things that are really sad and hard. Mm -hmm. Disgrace is not something that we really want to grow up and live in. We want to avoid that. Right, guys? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's try to just knock down pride. We don't want to have pride. You know, and when they get a little bit older, there's going to be other things that are going to hit them that then you'll be able to mm -hmm. review and say, wow, remember those seasons when we went through and we talked about pride and how it leads to disgrace and you you had an experience right now and you're yeah. feeling disgraced and let's just let's yeah. just cover this right now let's just go over this and pray through it and teaching them that why especially when they're younger then makes it so when they're older they're actually going to when you ask them to do things in the teenage years they're going to go oh they have a reason for yes. this yeah yes they will be conditioned yes. to realize that oh yep. and that's why i do think it's important to uh, telling them the why and especially when you're using that why pointing to scripture and yeah. saying oh look at this yeah. it's always reinforcing god's design yeah. that the, there's a truth and an objective, objective order, order yeah. to how things should be done they're just not getting that anywhere else. No, no. And so it yeah. just is so important for us to continue to reinforce that and to continue yeah. to point back to that. And even just with that 
that little verse, if there is pride that's exercised, there is disgrace. The next part of that says, with humility is wisdom. And so we talked a little bit earlier about the fear of the Lord is the beginning mm-hmm. of knowledge. The wisdom of, is knowledge of the Holy One is the beginning of wisdom. So there is an intertwining there of Jesus who was more humble than anyone else. And he saw the cross and Hebrews says that he despised the shame, but he forsook all God, all of his righteous kinglyship. He forsook all that so that he could come here and walk a very, very humble, humble life. Mm -hmm. And that is where kids will start weaving in. Oh, oh, I kind of get it. Like Jesus was obedient to the cross and he wasn't prideful. He was humble and he walked in humility and it leads to a place of yeah. wisdom and a place of where he's highly exalted. We don't want to ever be highly exalted like Jesus, but we are lucky that we get to be in the same room as the Lord someday, like to leave out Proverbs and to leave out that mindset mm-hmm. of pulling everything you can of Jesus out of Proverbs, pointing all that to your kids. To not have that as a part of your parenting is would it's just sad. It would mm-hmm. be just very sad. And and it also I think really kind of puts you right up to the plate to hit a foul ball because you are not going to be solid in understanding for yourself right. the wise. Yeah, take it. I mean, even if we take a step back from this and, and look at this not from a parenting standpoint, maybe you're 35 and you don't have kids. And but Proverbs is such a practical guide, even with the same principles, the principles of discipline for ourselves. Yep. It's so funny when you look at scripture, wisdom literature is unique a little bit in the whole canon. But I'm so glad it's there. Right. And I'm so glad that the Lord saw fit to just be kind, honestly, in how practical these little pieces are to point us to whether we're raising a two-year-old or whether we're 35 and we've been a Christian for two months mm-hmm. to go, man, here's a really practical look on what the Lord says about fearing the Lord and obedience and hum- humility and pride. And I mean, there is so much in every verse yeah. that you could just unpack each one and yep. it's just not going to get old. One of the things that we aspire to is to try to reflect the Lord in our Mm -hmm. homes. But one of the things that is clear is that we're not going to see the reflection that we want all the time. Right. (laughs) Because our human nature is flawed. and But that doesn't change God's word. It doesn't change God's word. So say you go to sleep and you read Proverbs 3, and then the next day it's the fourth. Read Proverbs 4 because it's still there. So in Proverbs 4, it says on verse 20, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wealth spring of life. Hmm. And then it goes on in good daily life talk. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. I mean, that is a chunk to chomp mm-hmm. on right there. But so what do you do if you're the wife and you're walking with the Lord, but your husband's not? And yeah. that always just, it just breaks my heart to think that there are families like that that have really severe division. Well, one thing that's so sweet that God is behind, and that is, and it's in Proverbs, it's encouraged for mm-hmm. the young men and women for them to listen to their mom. For them to heed their father's instruction and to listen to their mother. And there's blessing with that. And 
the thing that's so good is time and time again, in beginning of Proverbs 5, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. It goes on to talk about what drips from the mouth of an adulteress and things like that. So there's all these warnings. There's all of these good things. Just be faithful to Mm -hmm. go through this stuff with your kids. Be faithful on your own to go through it as the Lord just allows you as a woman to walk with Him. Mm -hmm. And if you're not married and if you're single, if you've never been married, just understanding Proverbs 5.21 says, for a man's ways are in full view of the Lord. Everything's in full view of Mm -hmm. the Lord. And He examines all His paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline. Again, discipline. Yeah. So if you're an adult, I mean, it's just very encouraging. Like, Lord, help us to embrace your ways. And where we've fallen, help us to understand that you're behind us getting up. Mm -hmm. You want us, you cry out for us to hold on to your discipline. You don't want us to say that we hate discipline because it will crush us. It'll make our life, like Proverbs says, it'll make our life grown. You know, our flesh and blood will groan. Our body will groan. (laughs) There's sin connected with our behavior. There's outcomes physically that are connected with our disobedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could say heart disease, for instance. Oh, my goodness. Of course, there's the heart disease component that has to do with diabetes and the way you eat and whatnot. And so one could argue, oh, we blew it. We shouldn't have been giving our kids ice cream because look what's happening now. You know, they are have diabetes that they've had and mm. now they're going to have heart disease and boom, boom, boom. And you just wipe yourself out with guilt about that. And those things are true. I mean, mm. there are reasons why we shouldn't do certain things. You shouldn't enable your kids with sweets. They will have cavities. It will cost you money. <laughs> you know, yes. things like that. So there's definite our behavior as parents yep. and what we don't let the Lord in to help with us mm-hmm. can lead to behavior that can cause destruction for our kids. Mm-hmm. There's just no question about that. But there's also the emotional side and the spiritual side that if we also don't rein that in and helping our kids emotionally, that component can also, they can take on in their own way. And their relationship with food, for instance, can be something that, well, is there a spiritual component that they haven't dealt with? Mm. Is discipline needed to be added to this so that they can learn something from God that will help them in their physical outcomes every day of their life. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that's a topic that is just something that you could just go off on, I think. Because one of the things that I don't know if you remember, but kind of a checklist of things that Brett and I always have tried to encourage people to go through is like the physiological basics. If your relationship's going through a dry time, if you're going through a dry time, if your kids are going through dry times, just go through the checklist. We need water to live. So are we hydrated enough? Are we actually getting enough water for our minds to work, our organs to function? Are our kids drinking enough water? Or have we gotten into that really terrible habit of just, here's a Diet Coke or here's a juice or whatever? Or have we been intentional about making sure they have enough water? That sounds so silly, but without it, we die. And then same with the physical eating. Kids are affected by blood sugar. Mm -hmm. I'm affected by blood sugar. Brett's affected. We are all affected by blood sugar. And that stress component that that can put on the family is not to be ignored. So then I think it's amazing that in the New Testament, what does Jesus compare himself to? Yeah. Two of the most fundamental things that we have to have, bread and water. I mean, we've got to have food and water. And spiritually to go to Jesus for those nourishing things and those things that are going to cleanse us, that is something that you can do independent of 
a man that you're married to that's not walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. as a single girl, of course you can go to the Lord and get that nourishment and get that cleansing. And as a mom who is just in the thick of it with her kids, just every single day recognize that the work that Jesus has done to wash us can also be applied to your kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the biggest components of your checklist is the water, the food, physically and spiritually. Yeah. And then the exercise. You know, if you're not getting exercise and fresh air, you're gonna go crazy. I mean, I know I do. I mm-hmm. even going out and just getting a little bit of fresh air from doing weeding or whatever, which is funny because you and I are opposite on how we deal with dirt and gardens. I love it. You hate it. But it's funny. You I can't just kill it all, fact. Debbie. I just kill it. <laughs> I actually don't mind it if we didn't have to water it. But see, like you just pointed out, the water is necessary. <laughs> and it's discipline. It's discipline. <laughs> it's exactly. Discipline. But there's fruit. It's so true. So I'm probably maybe a rewards mm. person or something because I just love that you put in a little bit in the springtime for something that's going to bloom Yeah. three or four months from the time you start yep. working on it. Yesterday, I did some the gross part, ugh, getting out the gross winter yucky weeds. You know, I oh, I hate doing this part. This is my least favorite part of gardening, but it's going to yield. It's mm-hmm. the exact spot where I'm going to be putting watermelons and all my squash and zucchini and all that stuff. And it's just going to be prolific and grow. But if I don't prep that soil first, yeah, it's going to be wasteful and our family won't get the nourishment they need. And there are so many correlations with what Jesus has given us in our own soil of our life and making sure that that's been prepped mm-hmm. right and ready to receive the word and don't let the birds come and carry it away. You know, that amazing mm. parable that he gives of all the concerns of this world coming and carrying away the word of God. Yeah. And we don't want that to happen to us. So there's that checklist and then physical exercise and then spending time with the Lord. You know, if we leave out those things, we are going to be unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a few more things to add to that list, that checklist, but the basics Sure can be covered. I mean, we live in a country where most of us have filtered water. So we know we have that healthy intake. Yep. But we just don't even go after it. Right. It all comes back to the root of this. The whole point we've been talking about is the discipline to actually do the checklist. Actually, like do a little self-assessment on where are we at on doing that physically and spiritually. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if we just need to, it's like discipline needs a new marketing campaign a little bit. (laughs) It's not a bad word and we should not hate it. We want to teach our kids to not hate it. Looking at the benefits of it, I was telling you earlier, Debbie, this verse in Hebrews 12, 11, it says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful mm-hmm. rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those have, who have been trained by it. And even what you were talking about, about prepping that soil and doing the weeding piece that you hate doing, nobody loves doing that part. It's the discipline. It is kind of the, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of pain in this, but the fruit that it reaps. But right. then earlier you talked about too, like, it seems like the only avenue in which we promote discipline is in sports. And that's what I think of when I see that word trained. We're all about training when it's something that is going to make us look like a better athlete or usually is something about ourselves, right? Like some kind of self-improvement thing. Right. Because I mean, 85% of the kids that are in the sports think, oh, someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be this I'm going to be amazing. (laughs) I'm going to be amazing. But there is work in it. There's work in discipline. There's work in training. But it's good. It's good. But we are in a society and a culture that is like, what can we do to make our life easier? like everything, right? We want to like path of least resistance if we can. We want to take the shortcut. We want to have Alexa do the and, thing and for the us. And the thing is God knows that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I love about 
some of the things C.S. Lewis has written about in like, for instance, Problem of Pain is understanding that we make it very clear in our mind that God understands that we are in a physical body that mm. he made in an earth that has physical requirements. We we are going to go towards the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. So does disease. Yep. So do yeah. viruses. You know, right. I mean, like all these things. It's like it is the law of nature. And so we shouldn't be shocked by that. Right. And it's okay. It's just that fitting in discipline is not the path of least resistance. Yeah. It's like the hardest path. Yep. <laughs> but it, it's good. It's good. But it's the one that brings peace. And it's the one that brings the fruit of righteousness. And it's so good. It so is good. so true. It's so true. In Proverbs thirteen ten, it says, pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. And that's just another really, really good one that little by little, kids can learn how to receive advice. That's, I think, one of the best things of raising your kids in a biblical, godly manner that has order, that makes sense to them and to yourself. And again, I just refer back to Brett's Mm -hmm. great teachings on that in Proverbs because he goes through the exact methodology that we did. And I mean, every time we had the exact same protocols. Yep. If you broke this rule, then it would be a whole set of things that would happen. Probably almost like human resources in some corporations where it's like, oh, this happened. So now there's like 20 things that are going to occur. So that was our life and how we dealt with discipline because I knew I didn't ever want to come from a place of anger. Right. And that, so we made it fail safe. And that checklist was followed to the nth degree. And I just think that kids learning how to receive correction, it teaches them about responsibility. Mm -hmm. It teaches them about the cost of their actions. But as they grow into understanding the gospel of what Jesus did, that it is good news but that it is readily available. And yet at the same time, it, it costs a life. Yeah. And it costs a life of someone who did nothing in order to deserve that. And yet we do deserve what we get. Yeah. I think for kids to be able to wrap their head around that as young as possible, the more they know about Jesus loving them, the more they understand, they will add to their own conscience deep inside their mind, the brevity of their choices. And I think that in some sense, I think that makes it, pay off later yeah. because they are aware deep inside that these choices I'm making came at a great cost. And willful sin, getting into that topic, willful disobedience, those kinds of things, they're going to happen. But I'm just saying as the character is shaped of our kids, which also shapes us because the Lord is so good while we're helping him prune, he's pruning us at the same time. It's just good. The Lord is good. He's wise in all of his ways. He's faithful and his judgments are right and true. And our kids will grow up understanding correction is necessary and actually good. Well, guys, I hope you guys got as much out of this as I did. I think it is so these reminders of just being we all need to be corrected. We're all going to be corrected. We all need to remember how to receive that and just be pointed back to the discipline that is in the word that's here in Proverbs, just spelled out for us in black and white and how good it is. And it's not a bad thing. So Debbie, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure. So, okay, we will wrap up there and we'll have one more. I want to say it's going to be next week in our Proverbs and then we'll wrap this up. But y'all know how AIM likes to switch the schedule around sometimes. So maybe just see what drops on Tuesday. So you guys have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. 
For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com. <laughs>